Count one, malice murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. I'm going to ask that whoever just made an outburst be removed from the court, please. That is from a Glen County courthouse this week in the Ahmaud Aubrey trial. And you can hear the outburst in the courtroom, and that was actually Ahmad's father that was escorted from the courtroom. A lot of questions about this particular case, and what is the difference in malice murder and felony murder? Felony murder means that you killed someone while you were committing a felony. Malice murder in Georgia means that you had intent, you planned to take the life of another. So all three, the neighbor, the father, and the son charged with murder, the shooter, the son Travis, also charged with malice murder in Brunswick, Georgia this week. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act where we talk about things like pop culture and trends and music. What else, Donna, do we talk about? Oh, we talk about uh, things that happen to us. and Sometimes personal stories. Yeah, kids. Sometimes endearing and revealing stories about marriage and parenting and personal growth. All of that. What you got? Uh, my name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. A little update on my splinter. Oh, of course, yes. Yes. Um, if you listen to the podcast in order, which again, we've told you you do not have to, then you know that previously I had a splinter under my fingernail and I had asked all of our great pod peeps to weigh in with some homemade remedies, which I knew they would on what's the best way to get this little sucker out and leave it to our smart listeners. Um, The overwhelming way to get it out that everyone told me was to soak it in warm water, Mm -hmm. like hot, hot, hot water, and that the splinter would just dislodge itself. Work its way out. And so that's what I did. And I I soaked it in the hottest, hottest water. And then I got a pair of tweezers and you could see the little splinter under my um, nail. And I just pulled it out. A lot of lot of home remedies. A lot of people, a lot of people who reached out to me to say they were shocked at how little empathy you had. And that, I swear, Whatever. and that it, they just it surprised them that it kind of surprised them that that you were that way over a splinter. Over more than that, just in general, just kind of like you know. Little, just sort of uh, non-empathetic. Okay. Someone told me that they they what they, they tell you they didn't realize until they started listening to the podcast how net net you are. And I'm I very said, I'm very net net. Yes, and that you sometimes can come across as a little distant and cold. <laughs> Show me this text. No. Show me this text. I will. Not right now. Block out the person's name. I will. Number. Show me the text. I will. But you're you've recovered. I have recovered, and it was it was instantaneous. That's mm-hmm. the thing about a splinter, is the minute you get it out of wherever it's lodged, like, the pain's gone. Just completely gone. Gone. Very similar to when you have a heart attack, and you go into the cath lab, and you can tell the moment that the pressure with the balloons or stents or whatever has been relieved. Because up until then, it feels like elephants are doing the tango on your chest. You know, yeah, that's just in, that's scary. In touch type pain, but immediate relief. You can tell when they have it cleared. 
Yes. And I have a lot of empathy for anybody who's gone through anything like that. I have a lot of empathy. I'm the person <laughs> of the of the two of us. If you are going through a challenging time, mm. the person you want to be your phone a friend is not the man to my right. It is me, myself, and I. I will. And as I've told but you, you're before, healed and doing a whole lot better. Yes, but as I've told you before, it's also um, it's also like how pe- like how you react to things when people tell you a story. I'm like, as I told you, I'm like all in. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, so then what happened? Are right, are you okay? And then what did he say? And then you kicked him where? And then you put his stuff out on the line. What? You're just like, mm, like you know, halfway listening. I also have another thing I want to talk about, and that is that I found out the other day from watching Good Morning America, which I don't watch all the time, but I kind of have all the background, as we all know, that Michael Strahan is going to space. You know how we've spent a lot of time on our podcast talking about would you go to space, who's going to space, he's the next one up on the Jeff Bezos rocket. And he had to get, they showed him getting fitted for his like little, it's not little, his big suit. He's a big guy. They had to, they're having to custom fit him a chair like to be in the rocket because he's so tall. And I just kept thinking this whole time, why does this man need to do this? He's gotten, he's paid like he's getting paid a ton of money. He's got a great broadcasting career. He's had an amazing career with the jets or the giants, whoever he played. Yeah. NFL football. He is a commentator for NFL football. He's got beautiful children. He's had a very public spat with a co-host. Kelly Ripa in the past. Why does this man feel the need to go to damn space? And how because are because producers and Good Morning America said, "What a, we need to do this. What a great idea!" Well, I think it was I mean, like like I, they I, sent I Ginger. Know. They sent Ginger Z to Alaska. To, no, to Antarctica. Antarctica. And I think he was like, "Listen, they probably like rolled the dice, and they're like, one of you's going to space, and one of you's going to Antarctica." And he's like, "I ain't going to Antarctica because it's too damn cold." Do you know what a rocket fluffer is? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm going to make a note. And at the end of this episode, I don't talk about that way. Okay. The person that gets the rocket ready? We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Taylor Swift hit number one with the the 10-minute song that she wrote about her relationship with actor Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that fair? All too well. She hit number one. It becomes the longest number one in the history of Billboard, which is basically the history of music. When I first read it, I thought longest. It just came out like in three weeks ago. I know many songs have, have, I mean, come on. That's nothing compared to the run of many number one songs through the years. And then I reread it. They're talking about the actual length of the song. The longest, literally the longest number one hit. Prior to Taylor, the honor, honor, I don't know about that, but the distinction of having the longest number one hit was a song from 1971. Taylor's song clocks in at 10 minutes and 32 seconds. The song that had the record previously, uh, I think it's like nine minutes and 40 seconds. Any ideas, Don? Are you going to play me? I have the final three seconds of the song. I said I thought it was Freebird. No. Vince Gill, rest high on that mountain. No, but damn, doesn't it feel like it? Does. Final three seconds. Here Here we go. What is it? Okay, hang on. Play it one more time. 1971. Okay. The longest number one song in the history of the music chart. That's the Beatles. It's not. What is it? <laughs> you ready? Yeah. American Pie, Don McLean. Oh. It would be the day that Right there, final three. Oh. That song makes me sad. Remember Tiffany from the 80s? And she had a couple of hits, and she did the big mall tour. Did you ever go to that? No. At Cumberland Mall? Growing up in Smyrna? No. She has been on a cash grab. 
um, meaning a quick tour to sing her hit all across America. And she's done 14 days in the past month, and that's that's pretty rigorous. But she'd had enough on the final. You're going to hear the audio here. She'd, she'd had enough on the final night of the tour, Donna. So down in Florida somewhere. Can we play the audio? Yeah, I bleeped it out. The crowd is simply wanting to sing, sing along with Tiffany. She's getting ready to do one of her biggest hits or her hit. And all the crowd wants to do, Donna, is just sing along and enjoy the moment with, with Tiffany. And things went south really quick. She cussed out the crowd. Listen to this. Oh, boy. Guys. This is my hit. This is my hit. She, she screams. I've been singing right. Listen to this. She sounds like Courtney Love. That does not sound like, I think we're alone now. Here is the song from 87, I think. So she was way off. A little, yeah. She had a different note going. Why is she so mad? Just because they wanted to sing along. This is my hit. Did you hear Tiffany came out a couple days ago, and she apologized, and she got really teary. She got really emotional, and she said, listen, my voice went out for the first time in my career. Uh-huh. I had no voice suddenly, uh-huh. and it scared the shit out of me. Mm. And uh, She felt like taking out on everybody else. That's the, 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 the people that bought tickets to, to hear her perform her hit. She sounded like maybe she ran through the beer garden before she got up on stage, you know? She was barefoot. She, yeah. she threw her shoes off. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe she had a couple extra wings or something. A couple plates of wings before she got on stage. The headline should be, Congratulations, Chris Stapleton, on, on being the most nominated country artist for the Grammys. That's not the headline. The headline is, Grammy voters suck. And Morgan Wallen has been hosed again. Mm. That's my headline. Now, who are the Grammy voters? Let's go through this. Like, what? who are they? All right. This year's Grammy nominees were voted on by over 11,000 Recording Academy voting members. Recording Academy is, is the official name of the Grammys. From nearly 22,000 eligible entries, the window that defines the year in music for these particular awards, September 1st, 2020, through September 30th, 2021. And... The voters are people in the music business. They are publicists, they're record label people, they're managers, engineers, they're, uh, artists, radio people. Can that, you know, you can become a voting member of the CMA by just doing a, a mock radio station letterhead in Photoshop and sending it over with a check. Not that you know. I mean, my <laughs> gosh, sounds somebody, like you're very familiar. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, are you a voting member of the Grammys? I said, absolutely not. Uh, and they said, are you a voting member of the CMA? I said, it was until 2004, and I, I bounced a check. Yeah, they kicked you out. For my dues. And I never I never made the check good. I also have a check at the Grands in Paulden County. Oh, boy. From about, around, probably around that same time. Would they have it on the wall? Yeah, they did for a while. Oh, my God. For years. Nebo Road. N-E-B-O, Nebo Road. The Grand Theft Auto. What were you trying to buy? I was starving, Donna. And oh. I needed a... They, it, it, Grands, I guess, are still around. It's a convenience store. They sell gas and things. Cigarettes. But they've got tickets. that microwave where you can heat your food? No, they better one better than that. They have a kitchen. Oh. They do biscuits and chicken oh. tender dinners. Oh. And I bounced a check for a six-piece chicken tender dinner. And some potato wedges. And some Yes. Some, you some love potato a wedges. potato wedge, yeah. 
I could see you bounce a check for a potato wedge. It became like a $32, with the NSF charge, a $32 six-piece chicken tender dinner. But you'll do anything. And then I, I need to make good on that, but anyway. So the voting members of the Grammys, that's who they are. Morgan Wallen, here, here's kind of a peek behind the kimono. How do you get nominated for a Grammy? Uh, someone submits you, all right? So Morgan Wallen's record label submitted him for eight different categories, Tom. Eight categories. And he got zero nominations. And they put him in categories that would make sense, like country album of the year. It's the best-selling country album of the year. They also submitted him for overall Grammy album of the year. Makes sense because he could become, at the end of this year, Dangerous could be the best-selling album of any genre of music for the year. Seven Summers, they they submitted him for Song of the Year or something. So um, not a single nomination. Is there a category for a double album of the year? Uh, that would be album of the year. Okay. They even submitted for the Stapleton collaboration, this on Dangerous. Nothing. They, they submitted that one for country duo or group performance. Not a thing. Um, some reaction from Nashville. Ray Benson, who fronts Asleep at the Wheel. Ray, come on, now, hang okay. on, hang on, All hang right. on now. Ray's like an elder of, of country music. He has, I think, more Grammys than anybody in Nashville. It's like nine or ten Grammys he's got. He says, quote, country music has to come to terms with its racist past. But should they blackball this kid because he said the N-word? Not if they're making it about the music. Carl Jackson, two-time Grammy-winning bluegrass artist, like, leads the pack, and he's actually a Grammy voter as well. Quote, my belief is that the Grammys are for the best in music. I don't know Morgan Wallen, and I cannot read his mind. If his music is deserving, then it should be recognized with no political or woke prejudice. Scott Borchetta, the, the chairman of his record label, says the numbers don't lie. Deserves to be judged on its merit and impact. Morgan has apologized for his racial slur. He didn't hide from it. He's very publicly dealing with the issues. I could not agree with all three of those statements more. I agree. I, I agree. And I think the Grammys have always... Um I think actually the Grammys have always done a great job. I will say, I think up until recently, it's changed a little bit, but of finding projects that aren't necessarily media darlings or radio darlings or, but are just critically acclaimed pieces of work and, you know, finding artists who, you know, Casey Musgraves is, has always been a, a, Grammy, a Grammy darling. darling. However, very well deserved because her music sometimes paints outside the lines of what traditional radio would play. However, it is a solid project. Again, sometimes you have to set aside the fact that like you don't like the way that person dresses. You think this person's weird. You don't like what this person said or whatever. The creativity of a project deserves to be recognized. And I mean, this um, this double album is some of the best country music that's been put out in a long time. Again, if you're not a fan, I get it. But to put out a double album that doesn't just feel like we talk about sometimes EPs when someone puts out a, a very small project and it's just like, I don't have enough for an album. I'm just going to throw five songs on there and it's going to be about like drinking tequila and hanging out on the beach. It's going to be my summer beach EP. Basic, basic stuff. Yeah. Simple, I mean, simple songwriting. Every simple song on there hooks. is super, super strong. Talking about you, Brian Kelly. Well, I like Beach Cowboy. 
Well, anyway, okay. I just think that I, I, you know, I would say I feel bad for him, but I think in a way he's kind of gotten not the last laugh because I don't want to say it that way because I don't want to sound trite. He is, he he made he made a horrible mistake. However, I think that if if people haven't learned that again, corporations don't get to cancel things for people. You know, the people who listen to the music have spoken through the CMAs, through, through the, sales through the Grammys, through the sales. Um, they're coming back to his tour and flocking back in record numbers. So I don't know. I just kind of think, it, and that's the other thing too. I think if the album had tanked, maybe so. But I mean, it it has been such a commercial success and maybe that's why, you know, they don't, it's such a commercial, because you know, the Grammys always go left of center. You know, maybe they feel like it's too, maybe it has nothing to do with Morgan himself. Maybe that it's too um, commercially successful and you know how they kind of critically go a little left sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel bad for him in a way because I think he did put his heart and soul into that project. And, and the project, let's hit the timeline real quick. You know, the album was written pro- for at least a full year prior to his mistake in Nashville, which was just late February of this year, 2021. So this was, you know, this double album was not response to to anything related to that. No. You know, it actually dropped, I think, in November, about this time last year. It did. Everything just had to be put on pause because as he was ramping up to go on tour and probably would have been stepping up on the CMA stage or the Grammy stage numerous times, everything had to be kind of put on hold. So I don't know for his redemption tour. Yeah, I don't think people he, wanted to, a lot of people wanted it to be that. But yeah. I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he is either. You know, I don't think he's stepping out on stage every night and with his tail between his legs and apologizing. I think. Oh, I don't. But I think that that's what people. There, there are many people in the in the media that wanted that to happen. Yeah, well, and expected why? that to have to happen in order for him to come back, and it, it really, it really didn't. No, you know? because his audience. He's still Morgan Wallen. He's the same Morgan Wallen, I believe. Well, and his audience wasn't. And I'm ex- cool with that. But his audience also wasn't expecting that of him, you know. Expecting what? Some apology or for oh, him to come. You know I what I mean? You meant maybe for what happened to happen in the driveway. I'm no, like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm saying I don't. I, Even I could have called that one. Another. No, I get that, but I mean, I don't think that they're waiting uh-huh. for him to come out, and you know, true, yeah. And it's it's no different in a way than kind of what we've talked about with Keith Urban too. He's not coming out on stage and holding an AA meeting. He's not, you know it these people have to be able to live their lives separate from the music and the jobs they do too. And again, not saying never have we said ever that what he did was appropriate or should have happened. But I do think at some point, and I don't think you should say he, people have to let it go, but I do think he, his, his music should be looked at for awards. You know, no, maybe he's not the host of, of the next uh, the CMA B- awards. The or, BTL show? Yeah. You know what I mean? Tammy, like, Tim I, I don't know. I think you can punish him without punishing the project. Does that make sense? It does. And that should have been the case. Yeah. But it wasn't. Uh, Eric Church got very emotional and personal at the Country Music Hall of Fame Sunday night. Got the audio for that coming up. We're going to talk about uh, Janet Jackson and the the Hulu special in this episode as well. Uh, you did a fantastic Thanksgiving. I do want to give you props for that. We hosted uh, maybe eight, nine, ten here at the house Thanksgiving, and and your turkey was delicious. I didn't do any of it. I shopped and picked it up. Yeah, but it was still great though. You got to preheat the oven. You got to, but you do have to. Lo- you, you time it out. You do have to give that turkey some love, even when 
Because honestly, it was fantastic. Thank you. I thought it was going to be a fully cooked turkey, and I was like, "Wait, what?" It was like it was like a turkey that I had, had to, to cook it. Yeah, had to I had to do it. the whole thing. We're not hosting. You know, we host the actual dinners and things like that for the holidays, but we don't have people. We've really never had to deal with people that stay overnight. That likes come in and, and just like uh, they squat for you know a day or something like that. Well, we've had a few in the past. In the past, but not not, not in the past couple of years. Yeah. So how did you do if you had squatters mm. for the weekend? For Thanksgiving, or even for the week, or maybe even longer than a week, you think about adding some bedrooms, aren't you? We can't help you there. What we can do though is get you some 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 furniture, get you some sleeper, some sofa sleepers for people. Yeah. See, I don't know if I'm I'm for this because I, I do want you to shop at gallery and I want you to get furniture for yourself. But I, if if I were you, like I wouldn't let my guests sleep on that furniture because it's going to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And then they want to stay. Then they want to come stay. back. Good point. Good point. Like good you want to make your guests kind of not too comfortable. Ask, ask Donna. A gallery, furniture, and game so to pull you around an old mattress, like out of one of the, the, the 18-wheeler trailers they have in the back. Yeah, like the, buy the, a the new mattress. The springs are popping out. Yeah, buy a new mattress from on her. On that one. But see if you can get a guest room mattress like that one for that one. But I bet most people do not think the way we do. They're they probably do. like happy they to host do. people. Anyway, um, I'll tell you who I'm thankful for coming off of Thanksgiving is our great sponsors. And Donna is one of them. She's been with us from the beginning. And um, she is just... She's the best person. And if, you, if you're going to do business with someone, you want to do business with someone who is on the up and up, who believes in their community, who is um, living out her father's legacy and, you know, treats people the right way. We have talked so much about, you know, it, it's kind of, the way I look at it is, you know, that old saying, there's a Southern saying, when the pigeons come to roost, you know what that means? Mm. That karma is coming around for you. And so that's what I want to say is have your pigeons come to roost if you Put that money down, oh, I'd say four or five, maybe even six months ago on your furniture. And you're like, it's coming any day now. And guess what's starting to come? The calls to say, it's going to be a little longer, Cindy. We're working on it. We're tracking the boat. We think the ship's coming in. It's this here. Is, yeah. It's this, here. It could be weeks still until they unload it. We're thinking. So now you potentially, there is someone listening, if not hundreds of people listening, who have missed their furniture delivery for Thanksgiving. Do not let that happen to you for Christmas. Go to if Donna. You, if you find it, there at Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsburg Road, Gainesville. You, you, you load it up, you take it home that day. All right? You can buy it off the floor. That doesn't happen at a big box retailer. They're not going to sell you something off the floor. Donna will do that, but she also has so much inventory right now for every room in your house. She's had to lease four different warehouses. They're all within, I think she told me, a mile of the showroom. But if you don't find it at the showroom, the mothership at sixteen hundred Browns for drug games, Donna will throw you up in her hop up in her Tahoe and, and she'll drive you to the warehouses. And then when you find what you're looking for there, again, same thing. Load it up, take it home that day. Furniture every uh, furniture for every room in the house. I found this clip. You ready for this? Donna's gonna tell you just ask for Donna. Gonna tell you the locations for gallery furniture. You ready? Ready. There's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Ask for Donna. I just love that. Ask for Donna. It's nostalgic, isn't it? It really is. Same family, same name, same location, gallery, furniture, ask for the Wolfman, ask for Donna, and now ask for Marilyn, and they'll take care of your financing is available. And again, find it today. Gallery furniture, you take it home today. It's worth the drive from wherever you are listening. Uh, from the south side, if you're in Atlanta, anywhere in Georgia. Uh, we've had people that have driven from Augusta. We've had uh, uh, listeners of the pod that, that have driven in from Florida, from Texas, to Gallery Furniture. Donna's going to make it worth your trip, and you're going to find what you're looking for. Small ask of you, three things. If you are traveling this weekend, heading back after Thanksgiving, 
um, so, uh, you know, travel carefully, but make sure that when you make your next stop for gas, that you tell three people there at the, uh, the racetrack or raceway or speedway or QT or, or Bucky's or Sunoco station or Bucky's to follow this podcast and to listen to the end of each episode. Follow this podcast. So you don't miss anything coming up and show appreciation. And thanks to, uh, our partners like Gallery Furniture and Gainesville Dinner Affair Dinner AFARE dot com. Guests of the Cadillac Jack My Second Night Podcast, state properties owned by Paramount Hotel Group, including the brands Home to Suites by Hilton, Hampton and by Hilton, and Town Place Suites by Marriott. They're back. We have some guests upcoming. Where are that okay. We had to book some rooms. All right. Probably had to kick out those other ones that have been there forever. And uh Atlanta's hometown airline Delta, if you're flying this weekend, you can listen to the hype song playlists on Delta and, and using the Spotify app. So think about that. You can also go back and explore over 200 episodes of the My Second Act podcast on Atlanta's hometown airline. That's Delta. Two songs. Want to add them to the Spotify Hypes on Playlist. What do you got? All right. I am adding that hot, hot, hottie Ryan Hurd. Um, okay, get this. So Ryan Hurd is Maren Morris's husband. I bet he does not like being called that. But I yeah, bet that's but, what most but, people but refer to him listen, as. Embrace it, Ryan. Yeah, I wonder if they got a Grammy nomination for that song. I know, Chasing After You. So I found this fascinating. So Ryan Hurd has been in Nashville forever um, as a writer, and he's written for Blake Shelton and all these people. So he just released, get this, his first studio, his first album, album, album. I thought he had a couple of albums out there. Mm. Um, and the album's called Pelago. I hope I'm saying that right. Pelago? 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 I don't know. Um, anyways, and it's got a great song on there uh, that's called If I Had Two Hearts. And it's talking about like if uh, this this past relationship that if he had two hearts he would give one to his old love and then one to his new love and it's so it's just a great song so it's it's actually a really cool project I listened to a couple of songs off of it and um it's fun it's good I gotta find out how to say it though if you know let me know Pelago is is that a place Don I never traveled outside of the South until I met you twenty years ago so you're asking me I think it's a beach town because it's a, a lot never, of like I've never been west of west of Memphis. Let's circle back around that in a minute after we do your hype song. Um, but anyways, he is a very, very attractive man. And I also have to explain Rocket Fluffer. Don't remind me. Yes. Of that. Who so, is? Uh, Ryan Hurd. Is he? Uh, yeah. Did you see the performance with the two of them where he had on that suit with the shirt unbuttoned to his navel and the pants that were so damn tight that like if he hit a high note, the button was going to pop off? Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation. We talked about this. I've been on this Janet Jackson kit. We're going to talk about the documentary coming up. Adele's 30 is already the best-selling album in the U.S. after three days. It's so good. But here we go again. You and I just had this conversation that, okay, so you were telling me that the songs on her album, 30, 30 are basically- Written like a book. Written like a book, which every, every I, I get a chapter. it. Every song's I a chapter. I totally get it. That's what she says. I know. I totally, I, I believe I, I, it. I hear, it. I definitely hear it. But here's the most fascinating thing you told me, and we tested it out, that Spotify will not allow you to shuffle the songs to get them out of order. They've never done this for an artist before. And so Adele went to Spotify, and she, she, she politicked to say, I don't want anyone to be able to listen to this album out of sequence. Do we really believe she did that? Or did the record let I me mean, like Adele feels so strongly about the order that these songs go I in. believe that with her. I do. Because she almost, I, I could see her saying like she would feel like it wasn't authentic or whatever if it wasn't in the exact order that she wrote it. It is heavy. Okay. When it first came out, I listened to it probably, I want to say three, four times. 
all the way through. And then I just, it's kind of like that 10 minute Taylor Swift. I just, I was like, I cannot keep listening to this and listening to this. And now I'm in that period. See, you're not a lyric guy and I'm a lyric girl. And so it's just starting to really hit me. It's heavy. What are you, what are your good to's? Well, I love the one that we added to the um, Spotify playlist, like Come and Get It. What was it called? Yeah. Can I Get It Right Now? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. Um, I just, I I love them all. I just, I don't know. I I just, I do see the arc in that. It's like uh, guilt over breaking up her marriage, grief, and then kind of the arc of at the very end of sort of hearing a little bit of there's sunshine coming, but it's heavy. Oh, hold on is one of the last songs. One of my favorites. So that would be the period holding on for the sunshine. Maybe, maybe I don't, don't, I don't necessarily mean like a new love or anything, but I think what she realized is that sometimes, cause she talked about this, that even with her son and you know, that sometimes you have to just bust your whole life apart to, to truly be able to put it back together and be in a better place. And I think the busting apart is what is so hard for most people. Because you don't ever believe that the pieces are going to come back together. 30 from Adele. Think how many people in life, if there truly was an, a magic eight ball or like a mirror that someone could hold up, Think how many people would do their lives differently because it's truly the fear of, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to come out a better person? Is this going to be what I really should be doing? You know, but if somebody, if somebody could, if, I just wonder how many people, what the percentage of people are that stay in their lives stuck because they're so afraid of what could potentially be on the other side. Does that make sense? Because, it does. It does. Because fear is such a big driver. Like I'd rather like I think, and I'm not talking about just. Is, is it the fear of leaving what they have, or I'm not is just it the fear of 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 what could be? I think it's everything. Everything. But I'm not even just talking about in a marriage. I'm talking about I'm not either though. Yeah, in life, in jobs, yeah. in like if somebody had told you, you know, like I mean, think of people who stay in jobs for twenty, twenty five years, mm-hmm. and they're really not happy. But it's the only thing they know, and they're so afraid to make a change, you know? And so it's just, like, it's so interesting. Like, if you knew, I mean, it's like the age-old question, but if you knew everything was going to be all right, like, how many more people would just take the chance and throw caution to the wind? If you see a chance, take. Steve Winwood, remember that one? Yeah. I think, listen, I think Adele's going to get, I think Adele's going to get all the women stirred up on the old... You know, on the old what? Just reevaluating all those relationships, past, present, Wonderful. future. Thank yep. you, Adele. Yeah. If you are listening on Upload Day, it's a special Saturday. It's a Saturday after Thanksgiving. Surprise. November twenty seventh, and today is College Football Rivalry Day. Georgia, Georgia Tech. If you're listening on Upload Day, is noon. We're gonna crush those pencil protectors. Georgia's downtown in Atlanta, Florida State, Florida, also at noon. And Alabama, Auburn, 3.30 this afternoon. Alabama is at Auburn. Now, if you live in the Alpharetta area, they're going to do the um, the big screen thing again. They're on the uh, the town green. 
which they've done for some, so some much fun, big, big football games. And so things. much fun. And you can bring your kids to that. That is like completely family friendly. They do it out on the green. If you have never been to Alpharetta and you're a huge dogs fan, this is, or, or any SEC fan, it's not just the dog game, come out because it's a great, you can like down on that green, there's like Chiringa, there's all these restaurants, you can stroll, you can have a beer, you can have a margarita, spread a blanket out, your kids, chairs. your kids can play, there's fountains down Cornhole. there. Cornhole. Oh my gosh, so much fun. So check that out from uh, 1130 this morning until 830 tonight. They, they, they all put it in the same spot every time, it's right there in front of Chiringa. I want to go to the... Holiday market. Have you seen, you work at Avalon? Have you seen it? It's this? amazing. Specialty, like it's local local folks, right? That that bring art and like Everything. jelly and what? I mean, oh my gosh! There was a woman last year. She may be back this year. I think actually she may have her own store now. But um, she would make these amazing like boards. I know that sounds crazy, but they were like cheese boards and cutting boards, and they were beautiful and amazing. And this is the kind of thing where it's almost like. I don't want to downplay it, but it's like if you could get a beautiful Etsy in one building, that's what this is. But really highline stuff. I mean, these people are truly artisans. And the stuff that they make, you know, if you can give something a gift, give someone a gift like this that is not like something that everybody can buy, it just feels so special. So, yes, please, if you are looking for great gifts, go to that holiday market at Avalon. It is amazing. It's, it's one of three happening. Uh, at Avalon through December 24th. Listen to this one. This is another holiday market going on. It's going to be at the Alfred Art Center. And everything that you bring to sell, they're they're only doing small works. Nothing larger than 16 inches because that is the perfect size for gifts. So it's like a a, a, a artist holiday market, but truly one-of-a-kind stuff. And it's all art at the Alfred Art Center. That's great. 10 to 6, December 3rd and 4th. And then you also have North Point Mall with their annual Christmas market, December 17th through 19th, inside the mall with artisans and vendors. So you can shop while the kids go see Santa, visit with Santa at the North Pole Outpost. And the beloved Alfred Farmer's Market. Cannot say enough about oh this. gosh. Truly is. Uh, I mean, you run into everybody every Saturday morning. You see every all your neighbors and your friends and your preacher and your politicians. The Alfred Farmer's Market uh, transforms into the Alfred Christmas Market, December 4th and 11th. Those are two Saturdays in a row. Yeah, and, th- and listen. So this, a week from today, if you're listening on Upload Day, would be the first and the second, December 11th. This farmer's market is worth coming to any weekend from wherever you live. I mean, the food is so good and they have so many things and you've got to see the bee pollen guy. I love the bee pollen guy. He gets me every time. For the Christmas market, December 4th and 11th, extended hours on both of those Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Normally, uh, it yeah, ends like ends around it, lunch, around yeah, noon. lunchtime. So exceptional holiday gifts there. All right. We would love for you to celebrate the holidays here in our hometown, in our backyard in Alpharetta. Play a while and then stay a while for the holidays in Alpharetta. We have 30 modern and upscale hotels to make it a getaway. You can make it a staycation. 30 modern and upscale hotels to choose from for your overnight stay. Visit awesomealpharetta.com. Click on the book your room button to compare rates at any of the hotels. And come see us. Absolutely. Play a while, stay a while for the holidays at Alpharetta. Eric Church was at the Country Music Hall of Fame this past Sunday. They were honoring the most recent inductees, the country artists. Hank Jr., believe it or not, this this is blew my mind. Hank Jr. is just now. How is that possible? Getting into the Country Music Hall of Fame. How's that possible? So he asked Eric Church to pay tribute to him. Every you get to pick an artist. 
Eric told a couple of stories. One was, this is about the time that, that Smoke a Little Smoke had come out. And I remember this time period. Eric was struggling with radio. Radio was not really receptive to Eric Church in the beginning. I don't know that Eric Church would have ever been totally accepted at, at, at commercial radio the way that he has been had it not been for his fan base. I agree. That, do you think that's right? No. I, I remember a corporate vice president of a former broadcasting company that I worked at for years and years and years. When I would bring up Eric Church, oh, J.J., Mm. He doesn't. He couldn't even carry my briefcase. Okay. <laughs> well, he was mean and surly. Watch him. Okay, stop. He was yeah, mean. It's like, well, you have a woman's like name. I have to fly back to Atlanta. Okay. Let's please don't go back here. For a red alert situation, I'm going to fire you. All right. Anywho, let's not go back there. So, um, no, you're absolutely right. And what's interesting about that line from "Smoke a Little Smoke" is. At the time when it came out, it seemed so, not controversial, but like, wow, you know, like that it was in there. And now there's quite a few references, like from plenty of artists about different, you know, different things. Smoking um, and tugging. Yeah. So it, it, was, it was just a different time. I mean, doesn't seem that long ago, but it was. So Eric was not being well-received at radio during this period, but Hank Jr. reached out and said, I'm a fan and I want you to open up for me. Uh, 30 second clip here from Eric Church. Funny stories can share with you right now. And um, I had a song at that time called Smoke Little Smoke, and it was doing okay. And I went out and feeling my oats and had them going, you know. And I remember being sidestated because of them. I always watched Hank's show. And I was sitting there, and Hank come up, and, you know, I'm still feeling pretty good. The crowd, you know, it's my crowd, you know. <laughs> and he comes up, and he goes, heard you had them going, cousin? Yeah, he goes, Watch this. <laughs> and Eric proceeds to tell the story. <laughs> Hank goes out on stage and just launches into family tradition or something, and the crowd just erupts. But but he was going to quickly put a new Eric Church, and a new artist Eric Church. You know, listen, buddy, you, cousin, yeah. had him rocking out there, but watch this. Watch the old man do this. Uh, Eric Church does not of, often get uh, personal or emotional. He did Sunday Night with Hank Tribute to Hank. Uh, Eric had a younger brother named Brandon who died two years ago because of complications of he had seizures. That's what it was. Sorry. This is Eric talking about the connection that, that Hank Jr.'s music gave Eric Church and his brother. Here you go. I want to, I want to talk real, real quick. Um, some of my favorite memories of, of my younger life was um, listening to, to Hank's music. And I listened with, I had a, a companion that I would always listen with. It was my little brother. And we would go and we would listen. Um, later on in our teenage years, we involved involved alcohol, but we would go listen to Hank. And um, I don't have my brother anymore. And then he launches into a Hank classic song that, that Eric Church has rewritten for his brother Brandon. Yeah, he didn't talk about him a lot. He didn't talk about the whole situation. I found that video on Instagram. Hunter Kelly is a great follow. On Instagram, he's national based. He's a host for Apple Country, and um, he's at all the big national events. And I found it on Instagram, so I want to fully credit Hunter Kelly for grabbing that audio and, and the video. The video was it's just amazing, and, and the way that he performed the song was it was just so Eric Church. It's different. It was unique. Everything that he is. I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing and hearing Eric become a little vulnerable there because he doesn't often show that. No, stuff. he doesn't. He definitely has his walls up. 
boundaries up. I think, but it's like we talked about before. I see him as two people. There's chief. And, you know, everybody always says like, well, and, and he's talked about before why he plays with his sunglasses on. But I look at that as kind of like almost like a superhero costume. You know, and, and, and we've talked about it before on the podcast. Everyone has one, whether it's Kenny Chesney's hat or jeans or, you know, Tim McGraw and his hat and jeans. I mean, I think for Eric, it's, it's that kind of look. And he gets him in, it gets him in the, uh, in the chief mode. And then, as you said, you know, offstage, he's a dad. He's a great dad, a great husband, husband, great son. Yeah. Was a great uh, big brother too, to Brandon. If the culture wars could have a 9-11, it's February 1st, 2004. The term wardrobe malfunction has been burned into our cultural consciousness. Someone thought this would be a good idea, and it backfired. It sure seemed like they were trying to diminish Janet's career. Her career gets put on ice, and Justin is rewarded. There was no equality of punishment. Malfunction, the dressing down of Janet Jackson on FX and Hulu now. I failed you. I did not watch. Well, let's start there, though. I mean, as we know, we watched the Britney Spears documentary. and it's, After about a dozen tries you, to, to find the right password and channel and oh my gosh. title of the documentary. And so you said to me. I, I went to bed. But you said to me, I have a feeling this is going to go down the same way. The and I said, no, 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 no. I've got it all figured out now. Well, let me tell you something. It did. It took 45 minutes. It really did. And I think I had to set up three more freaking Hulu accounts. Why? Is so is, is it worth, is, is multiple episodes? I didn't know that. It is. I'm only, I only am um, two episodes in. It's very good. Um, I thought a couple of interesting things that came, and again, I'm only two episodes in, but two of the things that I thought were very interesting is that um, Justin Timberlake flew in for the Super Bowl performance. I can't remember where he was, but anyways, he flew in and landed and they brought him straight from the airport there. There's a lot of suspicion that her wardrobe stylist went out and got a special kind of outfit. Like a breakaway nipple cover. A breakaway yeah. nipple cover. And, and they have like the receipts and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it was as shocking as like all the things that went on with Brittany. But I will say from what I'm, and again, not very far in, but what I, I do think Les Moonves and all the people for the NFL and everything were very they were very uncomfortable with some of the acts that were going to be on stage. And it was the first time that M there was a partnership between MTV and the NFL. And so they had Kid Rock and they were unhappy. He ended up, you know, and they were trying to really bring these people in, you know, rein them in. And if you remember this time kind of in our history with music, it was when Tipper Gore and everyone was, you know, going in front of Congress and trying to get, lyrics and, and ratings on albums and just really trying to kind of rein in music. And so um, they had told Kid Rock, you know, he wanted to perform with a flag around him. And they said, no, can't do that. Well, he did. And um, then this kind of happened and they were, you know, they were trying to keep it as clean as possible. And so I think it was also a time during in the country when there was just all this spotlight put on, you know, fair practices and standards and what's happening for kids and all of this kind of thing. So um, I'm not too far in. I'm not sure who's completely accountable yet. I don't know who made the decision to do this. I'm not quite there yet. But you're in, you're committed. I'm in. I think it's very interesting. And, and I will say for me, it was more, the interesting part was really not about Nibblegate or who decided to do what or what. The more interesting thing, again, kind of like with the Britney documentary is the backstory of Janet Jackson. 
you know, you just forget so much that she was penny on good times and that she um, then went on to be on different strokes and how controlled, again, very similar situation, how controlled she was by Joe Jackson and this family and that when she released um, control and some of those albums, she had moved away from Joe, her dad, managing her. And she was very much a woman who wanted to talk about her sexuality, wanted to talk about how much she enjoyed having sex. And it was not comfortable to people at that time because females weren't supposed to, you know, talk about this. And so there was so much attention put on her and on that album that, I don't know, it would just be interesting. I'm, I'm waiting to see kind of how it plays out. So that's out there. Also Tiger King too. Yeah, I've heard that's for, not very good. Okay. But, I mean, you do what you want to do. Absolutely. Rocket Fluffer. Okay, who is a Rocket Fluffer? What is a Rocket, rocket fluffer? fluffer is someone who is employed by a movie studio. And their job is to prepare the star for action. What? Oh, my God. Why do you find this stuff? For a girl or for the oh, boy well, or whoever? I don't know. What, what made you think of that? Because you were talking about Michael Strahan going in the rocket. Shake your cans for me. Then I'll come grab them at the 38th Annual Canathon, benefiting the Coweta Community Food Pantry. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I'll be there this Tuesday, November 30th, downtown Court Square in Noonan, Regents Bank at Thomas Crossroads. Bring boxed food or we'll take checks too with the Noonan Junior Service League. How do you manage to make a food drive dirty? Seriously. It's like somebody told me the other day, you're unfettered. Whatever. Like, I don't you, even know what that means. Do you have boundaries? I have, I have plenty of boundaries. I'll be there from 7 to 10 this Tuesday. Audio for this episode from MCA Records. Hunter Kelly grabbed the uh, Eric Church audio at the Country Music Hall of Fame. He's a host on Apple Country based in Nashville. Great follow on Instagram at Nashville HK. Liberty Records and also audio. From ABC News, our thanks to executive producer Carl Lapp in this episode of the My Second Act podcast, produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics podcast. PT is also editor of The Letter. It's our weekly e-newsletter component to this podcast, a fun four-minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 9.10. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingold Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the App and Podcast Network. Cadillac Jack